Hello and welcome to the STC Fit Learning Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name's Ben Scott. I'll be joined by Jason Galea. Thanks for joining us on our way to create 1 million positive outcomes for personal training clients by 2030. The podcast is brought to you by at STC Fit Learning, a page created to upskill and educate PTs and gym nerds. Also brought to you by at STC Fit, and that's a place for all your online and in-person personal training needs. If you enjoyed today's episodes, please give us a share and tag on the Instawebs. You can tag at STC Fit, at STC Fit Learning, at Ben Scott SC, and at Jason Galea PC. Hope you enjoy the show. What I was going to say is like, you know, when you really want to talk about something, but no one's like giving you the opportunity to bring it up. So you're just like out of nowhere, like bring up something so you can talk about it. <laughs> Everyone has that friend that does it all the time too. Yeah, there used to be this guy at the gym that um, like he used to just always talk about your squat because he wanted to tell you how many plates he squatted. Like, yeah. <laughs> he's like oh, how's your squatting going, man? I'm like, well, it's not really going like because I don't really care about it. And then he's like, oh, yeah, sweet, yeah. That's fair enough. Like, I squatted four plates the other day. I'm like, oh, cool. So good on you, bro. Like, so that's 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 kind of like why that's kind of the same as like you wanting to talk about the weekend it's like yeah I don't talk about the weekend but you have to talk about it. <laughs> you have to <laughs> me <laughs> so guys welcome to the show i am uh steering the ship today because ben's a shell of a human this week it's just really convenient that i've had to really lift this week and it's my week to kind of do most of the stuff for the business uh, it just coincided with uh, the aftermath of the APL powerlifting uh, meet that the guys uh, did on the weekend. So, Ben, how are you feeling, mate? Look, getting there. <laughs> getting there is the best description I have. We're talking before we came on that I was like, give myself a full, proper week of recovery, no stimulants, no like, let's try and wind everything down. I did my client check ins this morning. And I was like, I had 20 minutes before the podcast, I had some lunch and like, if I'm going to contribute anything to this podcast, I'm having a fucking coffee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, physically all right though, just like getting the brain to do stuff is, yeah. is a bit of a challenge. And how's the body? Yeah, right. I, um, yeah, obviously we're going to the day, but I pulled up real sore in my lap um and there was this ominous bruise mm. in my armpit that i was like oh that's that's not good <laughs> discoloration in an area that's really fucking sore yeah. um but it seems to be okay i'm not sure if there's uh maybe like a just a tiny little like grade a tear or something in there somewhere yeah. um because everything else is sort of released and i can move around and stuff again yeah. so otherwise otherwise fine yeah i was thinking about that you also kind of that's where you stuck that broomstick too so i was like you know, there's a lot of things. So yeah. You have to see how it plays out. Yeah. So I've got osteo today. So we'll try and clear that. Yeah. Um, I had the massage gun on it last night and there was like one spot that each time Amy touched it, I was like, that doesn't feel nice. That's not like a please yeah. add pressure there. It was a get away from that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we'll see. Yeah. yeah. Had an opportunity to reflect on your performance for the day. So I know the guys are interested in seeing how you were personally and how we were as a, as a squad. Mm. Um, yeah, like what what was your kind of take-homes from the day based on your own performance first? Yeah, personally, I think given the prep, 
Um, I was really happy with the outcome that that came out. So yeah, squatted 200, which is sleeve walkout PB pretty comfortably, put 10 kilos on my bench, put five on my deadlift, which was almost 15 on my deadlift. Um, but I think we'd been in the facility for nine and a half hours when I pulled my third. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I feel like that's probably then that and then some will be there for nationals. Yeah. So happy with how I performed on the day with all the variables. Like we had nine lifters on the day, uh, handled four directly myself. Um, yeah, so happy with that. But like looking back at it, just like the stuff, the I's I didn't dot and T's I didn't cross eight weeks before. Yeah. That, that are like, okay, I could have, could have done a lot better. I actually had a look this morning. I think I finished sixth overall, um, third in the raw category. It was like, there's probably a chance for a podium there if I had of had everything perfect. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's that walk in the line of, it's not your fault. It's your responsibility. Yeah. But, the trade-off of, of how prep was as well. Yeah. I think like for us, uh, we walk a fine line of like, you know, hobbies and personal performance. And then obviously we still have to turn up weekly to run a business too, mm. um, which presents its own kind of spot fires. So depending on like, if you treat this as a job, um, I'm sure that, you know, there's a little, there's an extra couple of percent that everyone could give. If this is their job. You know, this is what, they do this is what they you know kind of draw their identity to mm. so it's hard to kind of i guess spin both plates like you know run a run a a, a business that actually turns over a profit um not just like have an abm yeah. uh and and then uh you know be a high performing kind of athlete as well yeah yeah i think at this point we're at like four four separate six figure businesses running simultaneously it's like there's, there's got to be a little bit of give in the in the gym at that point. So yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, three week three weeks without the gym as well. Yeah, yeah. Grateful to have my own setup at home, but just the the un the uncertainty of like, are we going to compete? Obviously, yeah. yeah. Um, some tendinopathy in the elbow, which is probably just from honestly sitting in this fucking chair for. 10 to 12 hours a day <laughs> um, yeah. where, cause yeah, we basically rebuilt STC fit again um, in the space of a couple of weeks in, in the, inside that period as well. So there was, there was heaps of going on. So like I said, how I performed on the day, given the circumstances, I was pretty happy. Yeah. Um, if I had have hit that third deadlift, I'd probably be fucking stoked. Yeah. Um, cause that would have equaled my comp PB um, in the, in, in sleeves walking out without a mono. So yeah, yeah stoked. Yeah, and then uh, I guess like reflect reflection on like the overall uh, team uh, performance. Uh, I thought it was uh, quite a good day uh, overall for everybody. Yeah, I think that was even looking at the guys that like don't have a fucking comp style powerlifting gym in their garage mm. to not be able to go to the gym for three weeks, eight within eight weeks out, yeah. uh, and still show up. And I think we only had one person who didn't PB everything well it'll be their total on the day and she had an injury so like to put all of that together and even just the culture that everyone brought as well as like no one was whinging no one was complaining no one was like what if or anything like that it was like it's a sport it's like any other sport shit happens you need to be prepared for it you adapt on the fly 
Um, and to, to everyone's credit, they showed up on the day and did really, really well. It's always nice to like look across your group and see everyone move well. Yeah. It's like I had this conversation um, with another, another powerlifting coach and sort of like parents create medals, coaches create PBs. So it's like in a sport like powerlifting, it's you can get there without being genetically blessed, but it's really fucking hard. But one thing as a as a coach that you kind of pride yourself on is how well your clients move, how well they progress meet to meet. And I think the like the guys competed in February, so four month turnaround, five month turnaround. Yeah. To, for everyone to still add um, kgs to their total was was really cool. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it was an interesting uh kind of vibe to just given the current situation like you know restrictions kind of uh heavily influenced how the meet was run um the facility itself was a little bit different to what the guys were used to performing at in the past so all those things are going to play um on just preparation arousal levels those kind of things so i think the guys did a great job uh just in the in the environment itself because i know that if we were back in a full gym with hundred people just watching and yelling and screaming and stuff like that. There's a little bit extra that people can give to that. And Definitely. I know as a spectator, like it was a really well run meet given the circumstances, but it was still a little bit weird mm. kind of not being able to kind of just yell at the top of your voice and scream and stuff. And you know, it, it kind of just washes out and the rest of the noise, like mm. if you were loud, you were the only one. Being yeah. <laughs> yeah. At <laughs> one point in the morning, I think I lent over to you. It was like, why are we whispering at a powerlifting meet? This yeah, is so fucking, fucking weird. weird. Yeah, you know, it's trying to yeah. yell cues and you know, just trying to tell them that you know to, to get it done. And um, yeah, we were just like, good lift. Well done. Yeah, <laughs> so weird. But yeah, yeah. That, that definitely plays on uh, the performance and the preparation, in my opinion. So the guys yeah. did a great job. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, yeah, like what ten weeks till they do it all again. Yeah, nine and a half already, which is scary. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> um, two weeks to recover and then we have to start again. Yeah, yeah. So I spoke to Will yesterday. He's like, so do you think you need like a bit of a break or are you sweet to get back into it? And I was like, uh, just thinking out loud as I replied, I'm like, oh, my shoulder probably needs a little bit of like time. You can probably do this and do this, but this hurts and I wouldn't mind doing this. And this is like, yeah, okay, so let's do a, a health block for four weeks <laughs> and then do a six-week peak. Like, yeah. yeah, that sounds good to me. <laughs> so that'll be the plan. I'll probably do the same thing. I think we'll have two or three um, heading up to nationals as well, so team of three or four of us. Yep. So that, that'll that be the plan for those guys. Yeah. Awesome. yeah. Beautiful. All right, well... Uh, given that this is a podcast about personal training and business development, we should talk about... Can't, pick up just, where we can't just talk about powerlifting. Yeah, we can't just now. talk about powerlifting. Um, I'll actually gradually fall asleep anyway. So <laughs> if I'm trying to hold the fort this week, we probably should talk about uh, just picking up where we left off with uh, the social media or the con. It was really content creation. It's not, we didn't just talk about social media. We talked about you know all elements uh, of content creation with, you know, social media obviously being a key element uh, within that. So we've spoken about, like we look back on what we're going to do guys, just kind of briefly go, go over like what we spoke about um, in the previous podcast. You know, we, we spoke about you know, being active in the places that you're in. You know, if you're on, if you want to be online, you know, you've got to be in the DMs, you've got to be putting out 
your content, you've got to be, uh, you know, putting things out on your story. We talked about like how your posts and stories come about, you know, the, the structure that we would put together for a story might be a little bit different to a post. Um, we, took, we spoke about those posts and how they should be very specific to the clients. If you guys know your client very well, you would understand their pain points, their trials, tribulations, the uh, objections, the objections that you guys get on a regular basis when you're kind of dealing with people. And then that's kind of formulating you know, what you guys are speaking about. It makes your content very specific to the client rather than just like putting information out in the social media space where people go cool, but it doesn't really apply to me. So those people aren't gonna really resonate with your brand. Then we spoke about uh, calls to action and how they are very valuable to kind of taking people, you know, across to different areas of your business, or you're trying to guide them or encourage them to do something, which is, you know, in some instances working with you, because if we did it for a very long time, so we just put out information and we never really told people what to do with it. And we never really told people that we were looking for, you know, people like themselves to work with. So we never actually said, hey, you know, online coaching available, work with us, sign up now or go here for more information. We were just stuck in the like pleasing our peers or just like, you know, trying to figure things out ourselves as well. Um, but it wasn't, uh, the ratio wasn't good enough for the audience. We didn't really know our audience well enough. And then once we started to get those things really down pat, the it wasn't an accident that we were really starting to get you know, more leads and actually getting more uh, signups and, and more clients on board. Yeah, I think a good way to look at last week's episode is like how to get busy. Yeah. So using the online space and social media to actually directly recruit new clients or acquire new clients. And if you can do that, like we talked about the magic numbers, the 40, 44, 4 and 2, if you can consistently do those and maintain a, a solid Instagram presence, then you'll be able to build a face-to-face -face or an online client book. Um, so today we take the next step and Jason and I was talking off, off mic before. One of the questions we get asked all the time is like branding. It's yeah. like, oh, do you guys have any resources on branding? Branding's really open-ended because it's like, it's the clothes you wear, it's the logo, it's the um colors it's the language it's the message it's the service it's who you train it's uh, the the description you just read was like where you work like all of that shit all is part of your brand but i think when personal trainers talk about branding they either think design so logos and stuff like that posters um videos in your club all that sort of thing which if we're totally honest like uh, logos may be important um, but beyond that, none of that stuff's really made a huge difference. Um, what one of those things that PTs do go towards that is fairly effective is probably like apparel. Um, having your clients wear your brand is pretty effective. But outside of that, I don't think it actually matters as much as what people think. Yeah, I think like uh identifying your business is important but if you look at branding as just that then you're missing the mark a lot because it's it's really like how people identify your business you know and it's how you your customers and prospects recognize and experience your business as well so that's everything that's you know like ben said how we present ourselves the uniforms the content you put out 
you know, the, the service itself, you know, all of those things, because people are going to talk who work with you to other people, those other people are going to perceive your business just from what that person says, then they're going to look at your business from the outside in what you present to them from the outside in. It's almost like they judge a book by its cover. So if you're well put together, you put out good content, that person can resonate with that. They're going to formulate an opinion about your brand. So that is going to be how they recognize it. So it's going to be this business gets, you know, good outcomes in strength and body composition, which is what STC fit is. And if people don't, you know, think of that about us, we've missed the mark with that because that is our goal. You know, uh, they want, hopefully you guys kind of, you know, haven't, formulated uh, or have identified STC Fit Learning as, you know, a business, a place where you can come to learn about business and personal training upskill. So branding is huge. You know, it's not one single thing. And, you know, what we're going to talk about today, everything we've spoken about, like if you guys haven't listened to the Five Pillars episode, which is episode 122, it's like, that's where you start branding. It's like, we, we've identified five key areas to run a brand you know, to take you out of like just working inside a business and trading time for money. It's like the next step is working in the five key areas to start building a, an actual business that has a brand that starts to give you guys opportunities to leverage time and work with the people you want to and all those kind of things. Um, and then what we're going to talk about specifically today is like this business ecosystem that, you know, can you can get people to come into your business and you can take them to different places and each place within that business, they can experience a different thing, but your message is still the same. I think it's really important to caveat this particular episode, like the, the entire ecosystem model that we're going to present for you guys with, you need the previous episode for it to be maximally effective. Yeah. In our experience, people that have, and we've done it in the past, like Jay said, like, oh, let's write a blog. Let's do an article. Let's do a hundred, what, what would you say? Like 110 episodes of our podcast that were just us just chatting about stuff. Yeah. Generated very, very little input into our business and our revenue. Do you remember when we had that conversation, when we started the, the podcast and we were like, well, if we do a hundred episodes and it's not, successful why then like we may as well just throw in the towel like do you yeah that? yeah it's like just doing is not good enough like Correct. that's the biggest example of how you can fuck something up so royally yeah and uh and but think it's gonna work for you mm. yeah because it was just stuff yeah. <laughs> and we we had a lot of fun doing it we spoke to some really cool people and, and don't get me wrong like don't stop at like episode 122 like jay said where they get very specific um, even like after a hundred, they're quite specific into what we were doing. They're good episodes and the content in them is good, but they didn't sell anything, which ultimately Jason and I are spending 90 minutes plus prep and then Tam's got to produce and put out and cut clips and we're going to talk about it and promote it. You're spending three, four, five hours in your business on something. It probably should have a monetary value to your business. Yeah, it's got to have, there's got to be a return in a roundaboutish way somewhere. Yeah, and that's where I think that branding element is is important so to not just throw shit at the wall because it'll help the brand. Yeah. So yeah, in our experience with the guys that have been through Standout PT and have applied these models, the ones that are consistently doing both are the ones that are successful. You need to have the platform that is like your Instagram sort of thing this plugs into that really, really effectively. And then we see a, a second sort of lift 
in terms of inquiries and quality, even like value that the, the perceived value they provide to their audience so they can charge more, their retention's better. All of those things level up from this process, but it needs to be built in the layers and in the way that we've, we've displayed it. Just starting to put blogs up on Medium, which we'll talk about today, it isn't going to revolutionize your business. No, if anything, it's they're probably a little bit better for the resources that for resources for your current clients. Yeah, that's what when we first started doing it, that's kind of almost what they became. Mm. Yeah. Cool. So the the ecosystem itself. So introducing this as a as a concept, if you guys can look at this anywhere that you like um now a lot of people at the moment at least that i see via the marketing probably because i'm in the space is like people are still trying to sell this facebook ads funnel thing now does facebook ads work i'm sure it does in our experience we found that it requires a fairly large budget and a fairly large time investment to maximize the outcome. So it's not something that we do for that reason. So what we're gonna present to you today, which should suit personal trainers a little bit better who don't have $10,000 a month marketing budgets to maximize their outcomes as, as close to, if not for free as possible. Yep. So the model that we like to talk about is the seven eleven four. So another set of numbers. You've got your 44, four and two. Now we're introducing your seven eleven four. You guys can search for this. It comes up everywhere as a proven law within business. So inside that, your seven stands for hours of available content. So are you bingeable? Can I go somewhere for seven hours over a period of time and digest a shitload of your content? Then we the 11 is exposures. So an exposure could be the shared post that they see in a story. They then go to your profile. They then go to your story. They get a DM from you. Then they need to go somewhere else as well. That needs to happen 11 different times. So that maybe they see 11 store or they see four stories, five posts, whatever, however that comes together, that they see you pop up 11 different times. Think about like people say the, the billboard thing, I think is a really good example of this. There, there used to be one on my drive to work that was an Apple one and they changed the photo like once a month. So you'd always like look at it. I was like, no one ever drives past that billboard and thinks, oh, fuck, I'm going to buy the new iPhone. But it's just one of those 11 exposures inside a period of time that makes you remember that you want an Apple phone. Yep. And if you break your phone, that's the thing that's going to be front of mind yep. is that picture that you drive past and don't even notice half the time, 4,000 times a year. So that's your 11. And then four... Four is your de delivery platforms. Yep. So I mentioned the DMs, Instagram, a post, a story. There's three. So we need something else outside of that. Things like YouTube, blogs, podcasts, wherever else you can get yourself. Live seminars, um, anything else that you yeah. can do to get yourself in front of people. Yep. Anything to add on that? No, I think like, 
there's plenty of places to for coaches to put you know their content they just need to set the ones that they're going to go with and then you know make their content specific to the client that they want or that they want to work with um so that person can come in and, and consume them across all of these platforms like most people stick to one most people aren't you know talking to the right person anyway mm. so random people just coming in looking in one space and leaving it's like that's what's going to make it really hard for someone to want to be inside your business and obviously work with you at the same time yeah yeah something i found super interesting with this stuff is like the amount of people that have i've onboarded that are like oh you seem really smart you're like you know what you're talking about blah 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 it's like, oh, what gives you that impression? They're like, oh, you know, like all the blogs that you write and like obviously you're on the podcast and stuff. I'm like, oh, like what blogs have you read? And like, you can tell by the response, I haven't read any of them. It's just because you have them. Yeah. It's like there's a perceived authority inside that. And all it takes is like Jay said, it's tailored to the person you're trying to work with, with the right heading, the right topics. You're hitting on those points and you're getting this time and exposures consistently enough that you create that perceived value with who you're talking to. Yeah, and this is like how you build authority, which is super important when it comes to like what people are looking for. Like they're looking for results. They're looking for experience and knowledge um, and they're looking for authority as well. Like they need, you need those three. So if you're actively involved in, you know, four different spaces, putting messages and information across for people to, you know, uh, resonate with, like that helps build authority that helps identify that in that example, that Ben is the person to come to for, you know, whatever the content was and whatever the outcome that that person wants, like that person knows that. So he's the man. Yeah. hundred percent. So just to how that might play out. So you guys can picture this in your head. So if you, we talked about in the last episode, like DMing someone, we're trying to hit our DMs. So one of the first ways we do that is anyone that follows us, we engage with them. Yeah. So thanks for the follow. How's training? Trying to identify a pain point so we can share one of these resources would be awesome. So we get that engagement. They check out your profile. So now two exposures. You've got a link in your bio and all your posts say for more, go here. For a blog on this, for a video on that, to learn more about my coaching all link in bio, link in bio, link in bio. You might be fancy enough to have a swipe up in your stories as well. It's like dream goals for us. <laughs> um, so then they go hit your link tree. They go to the YouTube channel. They watch two 15 minute videos there. Those YouTube channels both have links in them that go to a blog that are on the same topic as the YouTube channel that have exercises in them that people might be able to complete. So it's interactive. It provides value. All of a sudden, they've spent another 30 minutes there. You've got one hour of exposure already, already across six different touch points. And that person has, you've established yourself with that person as someone to pay attention to. So then over the coming weeks, tune into your stories. Remember, you're doing four of those a week. They go for about two minutes. I read your posts. You're putting out a YouTube video maybe once a week, once a month or at least promoting once a week. And you're putting out an article once a month as well. Maybe you don't have to set up your own podcast. You can, if you're smart and don't want to do all the legwork like we do, find a way to get yourself on someone else's. Yeah. So then you've got resources to that. They can go and listen to you for an hour, talk on what you're most passionate. 
excuse me, what you're most passionate about. So once I've done all that over a month, maybe two, that person has accumulated those seven hours or well beyond seven hours more than likely. So that means they've got enough exposure to you that when they, if they're in a position that, Hey, I want a coach who provides the outcome that you are talking about, you're front of the line, you're top of that list. That's essentially what we're going to try and communicate to you guys to do today. So Jace, have you experienced this with like yourself? Like I, I know a lot of people on trainers on Instagram in particular, like they get a follow. It's like, Hey, do you want a coach? And yeah. it's like, oh, that never fucking works. They don't want to coach with me. It's like, uh, would you like? Yeah. Yeah. Well, like we, we, uh, I've obviously played around with this model for a while and, you know, we kind of used the, we used opportunities to kind of drop the pitch and, you know, um, we were expecting that to kind of, you know, be a really easy way to, or an effective way for someone to be like, okay, this is this person, this is who they work with. These are the outcomes that they get. But it was still unsuccessful because, we didn't give that person an opportunity to kind of like work, like move within the ecosystem and kind of see what the business was about, absorb some information, be bingeable, um, and then, you know, come back and be like, okay, you know, either whether it's a call to action or we make contact again saying, what did you think? You know, does this help your goal? Do you think it's time to, you know, start working together or whatever it is, however that conversation comes about? most people just, you know, go straight bam in the face um, and go, you know, this, you followed me. This is the time to work together. And it's just a, a little bit too much. And it's when you actually look at it from the outside in, it's like, it's not really that great. Like I get fucking annoyed when um, someone like comes to me and starts asking me if I want to work with them and stuff. It's like the first thing in my head is like, show me how you can give me some value. Show me that you actually do what I need. You know, so this is where, having this uh, ecosystem kind of comes into place. Uh, I, you will probably find that you guys do this subconsciously anyway with things that maybe aren't related to fitness. You see something, someone, they have something somewhere to take you somewhere else. You go there, they've got all of this stuff to absorb. You absorb it or you go and absorb that, go somewhere else. And then all of a sudden you go, you think in your head like, oh, this person's pretty good or this business is great. They have you know, all of these things available that I like. So I'm going to come here whenever I want these specific things. And it's like, it sounds really simple, but personal trainers don't really put it together in that kind of fashion. It's like, if I just like put a picture up of me like shredded and me lifting some heavy ass weights that people will want to work with me because I've got good results, mm. but it doesn't necessarily work like that. It might get some interest. It might get people to your page but there's a lot of good physiques on Instagram. So yeah. what, what are you doing that's different? Like yeah. where, where you, you've got to provide value beyond that. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, people need to, people need to know that you understand them. Mm. You can empathize with the situation they're in and you actually know how to navigate out of the situation they're in now and get the outcome, the big prize that they want. All of these little bits of information all these little areas, sorry, that are within your ecosystem where these people can absorb your message should be little bits and pieces on like how to navigate you to the big price. Just little bits and pieces. Yeah. So where to start? I think the biggest mistake that personal trainers make 
is they think that step one is their own customized awesome website yeah and i think if you're a sole personal trainer i don't know if i'd go as far to say it's a waste of time but i think your time is better invested elsewhere yeah well that's all like when we look at the key areas that we're going to talk about now like there's a there's probably like a ranking system depending on where you're at in terms of your career where your business is at in terms of its health yeah. as well like do you actually run a business or do you just trade time for money you know they're, mm. they're two totally different things so whether you have a website or whether you go with something else like it, it's going to be very case specific yeah but most people listen to this podcast they want to you know run a business they want to learn a little bit more about how to how to do that so they're probably in the situation where a website is maybe not going to serve them just yet but sometime in the in the immediate future yeah i think if you have a team definitely yeah. And then maybe if you have more than two or three products, then I would think about it too. Yeah. Agreed. You're just going to have like too many fucking links everywhere. Yeah. Um, I th- that would be my criteria to, to give advice of like, yeah, go get yourself a website. Yeah. So what's the solution instead? You guys will have all seen it, whether knowingly or not. Uh, it's called Linktree. And it's literally just a landing page from the hashtag LinkedIn bio that has headings on it that allows you to redirect people where you want them to go. It's to give you guys an idea of how effective this is. We rebuilt our website five months ago, maybe. Yep. When I say we, I mean, Tam. (laughs) (laughs) We wanted to build it. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Now what we actually had to do after maybe six weeks of initially launching it was build a landing page that looked like Linktree on our website because people wouldn't scroll or read or click. They wanted it here. Yeah. You said, click this and I can't see it. So I'm leaving. So that's how effective the link tree functionality is, is that yes, we have a, a fancy ass website. We actually have two of them and we had to build in those landing pages to, to make it effective in terms of transitioning people from the click in the bio to actually getting to the content. Yeah, I think like if you're new and you aren't as bingeable as you would want to be in the future, uh, you need to reduce the friction for people to go into to visit your ecosystem. Yeah. Uh, there's there's the authorities in your space, they probably can get away with just saying, hey, go here and learn about this or buy my book or whatever. And then you have to search where to buy it. Uh, if they're smart, they won't. But like, they're the kind of people that, you know, you could probably, like, people are probably going to search for them. Yeah, they're going to go that extra mile. But in saying that, sometimes people don't. Like, you know, we thought uh, like a really good example of like how, you know, friction is uh, something to consider. Is like we, we took our orders for our merchandise when we built the website for the first time on the website. So we thought, sweet, people just have to like go on the website, click the orders, pay for it, and they'll do it. Where before that, we all did our individual orders with our individual clients and we actually kind of almost processed the orders for them. I th- what do you think? We, we probably sold 40% less. Yeah, yeah. yeah, at least 40, 50%. And it was because there was too many steps involved to the person actually, you know, ordering the, the merchandise. So they were like, oh, I ran out of time, this and that. It's like, this wasn't important enough. Mm-hmm. And there was too many steps involved. So then this time with the link tree, it was a button, takes you straight there. 
they order, they pay. Mm. It was something as simple as hit this button, hit this other button, order what you want and you're done. Yeah. And our, our secondary backup order actually outsold the first our one. previous big ones. Yeah. 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 So friction is important to think about. Like it's, it, it's something that we have to be aware of in every facet of life, in my opinion, but when it comes to business and it comes to putting yourself in the shoes of the consumer, it's like, you want to take them where you want to take them in the easiest manner possible. Yeah. And a link tree is a really good way of doing that. Just for anyone that's like, it's the middle of the night and you've got headphones out on and you're out for a walk. There isn't a German shepherd chasing you. You're okay. It's just in the <laughs> background of Jason's house. It's not really loud, but I can just imagine like having headphones on being like, where the fuck is that dog? Yeah, it's just white noise to me now. Like... <laughs> All right. So you set up your link tree. We actually need some shit to put on your link tree so people can go places. Um, the first place I would start is having a landing page that talks about your service. So when you do your call to action, you want to find out more about coaching, link in bio, coaching. That is super clickable. It's nice and easy. Uh, in the past, we've had pretty good success with, it's called lead pages. I believe you can have one or two on there for free. Um, and there's not much restriction on usability in there either. So it's, it's very cost-effective. You can use templates. It's fucking drag and drop put picture here, put heading here, put call to action button here. Um, it's very, very straightforward to, to set that out. If you wanted to, you could probably go and look at the STC Fit Learning Standout PT or the stcfit.com coaching websites. Um, if you were sneaky and wanted to kind of copy what a layout looked like for a, a good landing page um, or have a look at any of the other people that you sort of follow respect in the industry that you think are doing it well. Main things you're going to need to include are going to be the obvious things we've talked about identifying your big prize, your three main problems, your method, the three outcomes, and then the big prize. Your landing page needs to communicate that very, very effectively. So you're showing a pathway from where they are now to where they're going to be. If you're also able to add some evidence of you being able to do that with other people, that would be a great place to go as well. So I guess a few other tips on lead pages in general. Again, you're not Hattie Boyle. You're not going to have people desperately climbing over each other to book in calls with you. You have to be real about where you're at if you're just starting all of this process right now again removing that friction something we've done in the past is have auto book buttons and then wondered why we were getting very low conversion rates from people visiting the page to actually signing up for consults or registering for consults so what we did in between between the click i'm interested to booking the consultation was actually collected their details, which allowed us to then follow them up, which took maybe conversion rate from that button click to from 20% to maybe 70%, which is a fucking lot if you're only getting one to two leads a week. So keep that in mind, low friction, collect details, make sure you can follow those people up and you've got, um, you started to build some kind of, list of clients and leads and stuff as well 
Jace, what's your experience been with that? Because I know you do pretty well with your direct bookings. Yeah, I think um, because there's a lot of the leads now come from uh, referrals that you, you're kind of just taking the steps out that like are unnecessary. Like someone said, hey, you know, you should go coach with this person for whatever reason they've seen the results that they've gotten. This person's just said, do it. Um, so they've just like, you know, jumped on, hit the link, booked the, t- the appointment, it's there. I haven't really had to kind of do the legwork in between that. Um, so that's a, that's a, it's a successful option to have. Uh, I think like you still need to make sure that you're, you know, got, you have some other way of like, you know, for those people that like have landed on the page, but don't really kind of know you just yet. Uh, you need to still have like another avenue of like how to book an appointment or something along those lines. So, you know, just submitting like a, an, an interest or, or something along those lines where you kind of contact them is probably a viable thing to do as well if you find that successful. But I think just with the situation that uh, we're in uh, now, it's like, I, I really want to kind of streamline that process just because of the other stuff that we have to do. So just knocking out the in-between steps, if you can, uh, is, a, is a really vi- uh, valuable thing to do as well. So next from there, and these now become in no order. So that so far set up your lead page, uh, your link tree, setting up your lead page would be the first two steps. Then I would maybe start with whatever medium you're the most comfortable with in creating content for and go down that road. So these are in no particular order. So YouTube is obviously a really valuable resource one of the perks of youtube is it's very personable people get to see your face they get to see your body language they see how you interact how you speak listen to your language and tones it's a much superior a far superior way to create a relationship than a blog or an article for example um the catch obviously is going to be how long people are willing to if they're willing to leave instagram which is a very fast medium. It's like, oh, pretty picture, double tap, and caption's too long, move on, double tap. Oh, Jason's got 18 videos of his workout today, swipe. Like whatever it is that you, how you behave on Instagram, think about that. And then think about me saying, hey, I want you to stop doing that and go and watch this intently for 10 minutes. So that's probably the trade-off with YouTube uh, in the ecosystem, particularly leading from Instagram. So YouTube something that we've only really recently started focusing on. We're starting to build a decent library in there now. Prior to that, it was just like we hosted the podcast. And that was it. So if you haven't already, go like and subscribe on there if you are a YouTube user. So we're dropping um, a video a week at the moment on all, to- all the topics that we talk about on the podcast. Very specific uh, with exercises and stuff to do in them as well. YouTube, the other thing you can do with those videos, which maybe we'll get back to you in a couple of months when we've really tested it, is actually put those videos onto IGTV as well. So you can stay inside that platform. People might feel a little bit less like, I don't know about you, Jace, when I use YouTube, I'm going to cast that from my phone to my Chromecast to my TV. I rarely watch YouTube on my phone. I know other people are different, but whereas IGTV, I'm more inclined to be like, ah, I'm just sitting around. I'm just watching shit on my phone. I don't know what it is. Just a behavioral thing with those two apps. 
yeah that's crazy because i can i uh go to youtube i spend more time on youtube than any other app uh, and i actually watch it all on my phone and yeah. uh it annoys me when i actually go on instagram and i see a video clip and then i've got to watch the rest of it with igtv i don't know why yeah actually really kind of frustrates me it's like I'm not here for this and then when i see it i'm like oh i like it and then i'm like nah like i don't have the time for this because i went <laughs> yeah. on instagram for a reason yeah that was like for me it's like to absorb like short amounts of information you know and then just like leave mm. so I, I guess i don't know it just it depends on the person right so you because you and i have we're different it's valuable we could have the same goals though so mm. it's valuable that we have the content to be bingeable here the content to be bingeable here you know, so that we are kind of catering for all of these wide variety of people who have all these preferences. Yep. It's just like, there's no one single, like people don't go onto a platform for a specific reason and, and a specific time and, and all of those things. Like, you know, you some people go and probably go on YouTube and just like absorb really the shortest video clips that they probably can, you know, I, it really just probably depends on, on who they are and what they want. So to dot the I's and cross the T's, you probably everywhere. want to be, yeah, everywhere. Yeah. As long as it's like, like it's easy for us to take YouTube stuff and put it on IGTV. Yeah. Like it's, it's not a hard thing to do. So we can do that straight away for you guys at home, trying to work out where to put your stuff, <clears throat> focus on four key areas and mm -hmm. maybe don't double them up yet. You know, make something written, make something long form video, make something, you know, short form video, um, just have cater for a wide variety of people, how they absorb information. And then it's like after that, yeah, like try to be everywhere. Yeah. And I think once you guys tap into your message, which we've talked about heaps, like knowing your client stuff, using the niche um, document from the website, you'll start to notice that you just repurpose stuff. Yeah. Like when you do YouTube video, depending on some of our guys like to write first, then film. Some of them like to film first, then write. Um, I prefer to write a blog and then turn that into a YouTube video because it allows me to compartmentalize all my thoughts and put it down succinctly. So then when I deliver the video, it's thought out first. Yeah. Um, so it gets like the same topic and then that topic can be broken down into example, four posts, four stories. So that's your week's worth of content all around the same thing delivered in different messages or different mediums that allows people to no matter what personality type they are, how they use their device and different apps to get that message across to them. So we mentioned there the next step, which would probably be a blog slash article type format as well. So the easiest um, medium lol, to plug into is going to be medium.com. Uh, so if you guys want to check out our one, it's just medium.com forward slash STC fit learning. Um, and the STC fit one is there as well. So one for direct client, one direct to trainers. Go and just have a look at how that works. Um, there is actually a, and a, a way to make money on Medium. Um, so if you have a blog or article that's really successful, it gets put out because it's a membership-based site. If it gets read a lot, then they deem it to be useful to their platform. It's bringing people there. So they'll actually pay you a commission. Um, I was tripping out about a month ago, I think. I got a tax form from the US government 
They're like, you need to tell us how much money you made. I was like, motherfucker, I made $2.40. <laughs> yeah. 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 When I um, put my stuff into uh, zero, it was all these like really small micro deposits into my account for me. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, they were, they were like minuscule. Yeah. Yeah. But we, we have had, uh, there's one guy in, in standout PT who's actually made like decent money on one of his articles in particular. Yeah, I think two, 300 bucks or something he's gotten back on that. So yeah, um, yeah, it's just an extra little, I guess, perk rather than just running it on another generic blog site. Um, the other things with Medium is structured really well. They have tutorials in there on how to write well, how to design it, all of that sort of stuff, how to improve your metrics. A lot of the education stuff that you'll need to write really well is available locally to you if you wanted to go down that road. Really well. easy to make it look nice too. Which is the main thing, right? Like, remember yeah. the the purpose of this is to create. We talked about brand, but authority. So when yeah. I land on Jason's article and go, "Fuck, that looks really good and professional and polished," that's what we're looking for. Yeah, medium do a great job of that. Like, if you look at it across the board, they're all kind of consistent. Mm-hmm. So it's very easy to yeah, kind of polish your. They they do it for you. Yeah, You've got to pick a good picture and have a really catchy heading. Yeah. They're the things that you really have to decide. Yeah, well, you're going to have your your blog or article on the same page side by side as someone from like the New York Times. And they're going to look the same. So that, it's a really valuable resource yeah. in our opinion. Um, so again, coming back to your link tree. So now we've got your landing page is going to be linked in there. So your coaching information. You've got your YouTube link. You've got your Medium link. Next up, we mentioned earlier was podcasts. Um, so what are we, 150-ish episodes yep. in? Yep. Um, we have 40 ghost episodes that are <laughs> gone forever. Client experience that, that affects the client experience. Yeah, negatively tracked from the branding. That's right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and like Jay said, we spent an hour, uh, an hour uh, I wish it was an hour, 100 episodes fucking around trying to figure out sort of what it was all about and what we wanted to do with it. And then we really changed the direction of this type of episode that was really value-based um, with a very clear outcome of what we wanted to provide for you guys. So I've got a pros and cons list here. So the pros of the podcast exposure, you practice talking, presenting, and getting comfortable with that. Like people talk to, I got a message from one of our guys the other day, like, are your stories teleprompted? And I was like, does that mean that it's rigid or that it's good? He's like, no, 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 it's good. And it's like, well, I just fucking talked to a computer for my life. So podcasting was a part of that that allowed that skill set to develop. Most of the stories now are one take. Most of the YouTube videos are <clears throat> almost one take with a little bit of tan magic. Um, so it, I think it's a great place to formulate your thoughts and stuff as well but just be aware of the time that you're investing in that. Like a friend of mine um, runs one, edits it themselves, does the, the um, excerpts that we have Tam do for the stories and stuff themselves, always tinkering with design and all that sort of shit. It's like that thing probably owes 10 hours a week and it's not driving any business. So it's like, for me, I'm like, that at this point is a hobby that aligns with your business. It's not part of, it's not a successful business uh, pursuit. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, access to guests is really cool. Like we've had, like the names we've had on here now, it's pretty sick. Um, and even just the relationships we've been able to build as well uh, and people that we've stayed friends with. Um, and then obviously like it looks professional, that perceived authority, et cetera, et cetera. If you, if you make it look professional. Yeah, if you I do a good one. Podcast, so it's just, it's not professional. So branding yeah. wise, it's depending on what you're using it for. Mm. Um, so if you choose to make it professional, you can. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so some cons, definitely time recording, editing, creating shorts. If you're going to outsource that, it's fairly expensive. You're looking 150, 200 bucks a week or an episode to, to have that done, which most PTs don't have to throw around if you're a sole trader. Um, and then the technical skills required to make it high quality. Yeah. Like if you don't know how to design the logos and all that sort of shit, then it's like, A, it's going to take you way more time than it needs to. And B, it's probably still going to look shit like ours did when I was doing it. You got to get some good kit too. Yeah. yeah. So there's an initial outlay. Like it's not super expensive, but for a PT that's maybe needs to, you know, kind of increase their income a little bit, like it's still a, an expenditure. Yeah. Yeah. So my advice instead would be get yourself on other people. Yeah. Remember, like we're only looking for seven hours. So if you can have three, four, five podcasts around the place, plus your YouTube channel, plus your, articles you're in that seven hour realm really comfortably yeah so remember we and we've had it in the past we've had people message us and be like hey bro when we should hook up i'll come on your podcast like should should we though okay like it's not good enough we need you need to provide value to the person that you're going to speak to and you need to when you do that you need to communicate how it's going to add value to them and to their audience and why it would be beneficial for them to be. Yeah, it's, a genuine, it's a genuine proposal. Mm. So yeah, this is who I am. This is the business that I have, or this is the message that I send. You know, I think this is valuable for your audience because X, Y, and Z. You know, just because someone has a podcast doesn't mean you should just invite yourself on it. Yeah. It kind of rubs me up the wrong way, to be honest, when people do that. Yeah, 100%. And I'm exactly the same. Um, and I think it's really important to actually know what your message is. Yep. Be really clear on what it is you specifically talk about. Um, like I, I jumped on, uh, what is it? Caffeinated coach. Caffeinated coach with Nick Weir, um, which was super fun. But he was like, hey, I want you to come on the podcast. I was like, these are the two things I talk about. We talk about business and we can talk about programming because um, it was in the, in the process of still finalizing like our movement assessment stuff. I'm like, I don't want to talk about it yet because it's not perfect and I can't deliver it perfect yet. Yeah. But anything PT business and anything programming, that's fucking, I've, you can have me for five hours, let's go. So I think being really clear on what you're really fucking good at and you can free ball on and spit on whenever you need to. Yep. Has everyone else felt my coffee kick in about, 10 minutes ago because i certainly have <laughs> i feel like a person again it's great welcome back mate yeah. <laughs> it's got the first half of the podcast now it's like all right move over assume the co-host role now <laughs> so is there anything else they're the main ones we focus on in the course jace is there anything else that's like stands out to you that people could go build the the ecosystem stuff 
They're the main ones for like uh, everybody everywhere. Mm. I think like if you were maybe bringing it down to an in the gym, maybe community kind of scale, um, you can, this is where like maybe some of the seminars and, and those kind of things could help, you know, build some authority and be bingeable. And then, you know, you could film it and then put it across the platforms as well. Like, you know, so if you are maybe a little bit more comf comfortable presenting in your gym to people that you know, or to your clients, <clears throat> run a workshop for them, put a camera up there, buy yourself a, a decent kind of microphone, uh, like a lab, is it lab, lab microphone? Yeah. Tam usually tells us what to get. Lapel. Um, so yeah, lapel. Um, and then, yeah, just film it. And then you've got, either little bits and pieces of content in short form or you've got some long form um, as well. So I think that's like a, a decent place for maybe some people on this podcast starting out who are probably a little bit too scared to kind of throw themselves out into the world, um, you know, across, you know, mediums that are accessible everywhere. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, other than that, I think, you know, work with the mediums that you're most comfortable with first. Like we've got guys in, uh, well, people in standout PT that are very competent on the camera. Mm -hmm. So we're going to lean to that strength and encourage them to get in front of the camera. And then we've got people that are, their strengths really lean towards written form. So we're going to encourage the written form first because first exposure is important, you know, especially as a, as a consumer. So if your strengths are in a specific area, you want that first exposure to be something that you're very strong at. You, you definitely want to build your skill set across all forms. Um, and, you know, I, I had a, a much, much stronger written form first, you know, coming out of university. And I guess you do learn a really a lot of stuff about how to put together your written form content. Um, but I've definitely swayed all the way across to uh, being in front of a camera and just speaking and stuff. So, um, and I had to do that. Like we had to get really uncomfortable and, you know, fuck things up and, you know, spend lots of time uh, retaking shit, but it's important to start where you, where you're strong and, and practice the other stuff. Yeah. I think the seminar one's great. It's a really useful resource for your clients. It allows you to get out of your comfort zone and present. And I, I personally find that content really engaging. Um, the challenge I think with it is making good so we obviously repurpose that kind of stuff and put it as our Instagram content. Um, and Tam's very good at it now. Like being able to cut clips that make sense in isolation yeah. um, is definitely a skill set from there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, seminars are a great opportunity to repurpose things. It's just getting them, the more precise you are with your message and what you're delivering, the better and more recyclable that content will be. So I think Tam's improved his skill set in terms of his ability to do it as the editor. But I think the way we talk now, the way we present is better because it's like, these are the points we need to make. So Tam's able to just go, well, there's the point yeah. um, and, and put that out. <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty easy way to get your seven hours as well. Like Definitely. your first, I, I personally would encourage people who, who, who value education, value empowerment, you know, who, who have clients that need to know this stuff. Um, and they see that as like, you know, part of their future. Um, I definitely see that as a really easy, quick place to get your seven hours, you know? So yeah, I would encourage that. Yeah, for sure. So another thing we'll just touch on that makes all of this really useful is something we talk about, which is hero content. Yeah. So 
if you're a face-to-face coach and you've listened to this out of interest and you've been sitting here the whole time going, well, this fucking doesn't matter to me. I'm not an online coach. I don't care, blah, blah, blah. One, if you market correctly, you'll get people in your area exposed to this stuff. I think when I finished the gym, I had about 30% of my clientele weren't members of my gym directly. They actually traveled from somewhere else to do their PT sessions and then trained somewhere else because of this stuff. They were actually coming to work with me based off of that, which means I was working very specifically with the clientele I wanted to work with, which meant I got great results with them because that's who I was targeting. That's what I did. So don't write that off. But something that we've been using with great effect um, and not just ourselves, like the guys in the standout PT group been using what we call a piece of hero content. So we create what we call a value compass, which explains what we do is those three problems, the method, and then the solution presented really effectively. And then we send that between the initial conversation with a, a prospect and the consult. So here's everything you need to know about who I am, who I work with, what I do, and what outcomes I get before we sit down together. Um, and the conversion rate outcomes from that have skyrocketed for everyone that's done it. Yeah, I we put up a like a post uh, on Instagram just about like you know uh, that getting better at sales and reducing the friction of sales and making that conversation a little bit easier for personal trainers because they struggle with it a lot. And that hero content is such a plays such a pivotal role in that process. It formulates the relationship before you guys even meet. It makes the sit down even easier. They kind of understand what they're there for. You understand what you're there for, of course. It makes that conversation flow so much easier because it's not the first introduction to all of this stuff. Like, so they kind of already have a fairly good idea of the outcomes that you can get them, what your business does. You know, you've given them a sense of authority that's not just uniform based. You know, like people come into the gym and they see your uniform. So there's a sense of authority with that. But because it's not relatable to them, they know that you just work at the gym or they assume you actually work for the gym where this hero content breaks that down and says, you know, it kind of gives them the idea that you do run a business in the gym and these are the people you work with and stuff. So when we look at the major reasons why people don't sign up with personal trainers, language is important. Like most people get it wrong there's a lot of fear behind the conversation because people, you know, uh, put money on a pedestal and they're just like desperate because they want business and people can see that. But the, I think the biggest problem is that like that person on the other side of the conversation, the prospect doesn't actually fucking understand what's going on. Yeah. They I don't think actually know what they're there for. I think that's the biggest problem. Hey, is like, if you sit down with 10 people in isolation and ask them what personal training is, they'll give you 10 different answers. Yeah. What does it mean to have a personal trainer? It's like, Oh, well I go and train with someone. Or they write me a program. Oh, well, they write me a program and they give me a nutrition plan and I do face-to-face sessions with them. So it's so fucking broad what the fuck PT means. Jason's yeah. mom still thinks he's in Lycra at the front of the fucking class. <laughs> so like, who knows what this person's thinking coming in and sit down with you. So if you can get them, this is what I do and how before that process comes about, whether it's a YouTube, blog, podcast, whatever it is, for online trainers, between when you book the appointment and you see them, or, or for anyone, when, between when you book that appointment and when you actually catch up with them, you want to give them that resource to explore who you are. 
Yeah. Best case scenario, that's actually how they found you in the first place. And it makes it really easy. Um, but yeah, super, super valuable in that area. It's just like, this is what, like I'm a strength and powerlifting coach. It's like, what the fuck is that? Um, I actually have a, a really specific example. There's a gym that closed down locally. And I had a consult with one of what was going to be potentially five clients that had to move on from their trainer that was at their gym. So I know the model that that trainer was following. It was basically like everyone had a template. We adjusted the lifts based on you, walk around, correct form. Everyone does the same thing all the way into prep. No nutrition, no coaching, no like check-ins, all of that sort of stuff. Compared to obviously comparatively to my service. So sitting down and trying to explain my value because my coaching price was double what their previous coach was without any forewarning of what we actually do, what we manage, like that needed a 30 minute, this is what I do sort of thing, which doesn't really work very well in a consult. It ends up you just talking at them. It's all messy. So if I had have had that piece of content to be like, just before we catch up, I want you to know what I do. Go and watch, listen, read this, and then we'll sit down and have a conversation. So when they're sitting there going, oh, fuck, I don't have that now. I don't have that now. Okay, sure. So when they come into that consult, they're like, well, it's obviously going to be more expensive than what I'm currently paying because the value is so much more. So does that mean I get that sale? Maybe, but I'd much rather be in a position where it's a much greater chance than not. Yeah, and you want the continuity of like what a consult should be like, which is you asking questions and them doing all the talking. Like if you have to exactly. sit there and like tell them a story about <laughs> yourself and your business, it's like that person just sitting back listening and going, what the fuck am I even here for? Like yeah. not talking about me. You know? yeah. So that, that, that breaks that barrier down and makes the consult very specific and uh, continuous to like what you want every other consult to be like. Yeah, 100%. So super, super valuable. So I would probably start with that for you guys, like it, when you're going to start creating this content, maybe make a few short, make a short blog, make a short video, get comfortable with it, and then make that hero content. If you can have it across multiple platforms, even better, because then you can be like, hey, do you like reading or would you rather watch a YouTube video? Like, oh, yeah, yeah probably a YouTube video. It's like, sweet, can you just watch this before we come into our call? Super, super effective. So by now, you guys should be able to run a really effective Instagram page that actually engages clients, not other coaches. You should be able to, um, if you've been doing it consistently for three to four weeks, you should be able to predict outcomes weekly in terms of if I send, if I do X, I should get a return of Y amount of clients or at least appointments. That's what that whole systemized approach is designed to do. So that was last week's episode. Now today, that question that we always get about branding, branding being everything in terms of your media branding, if you want to call it that, you've got somewhere to start to start creating content over time that'll provide value to your prospects and create a web that people are able to binge you and ultimately want to work with you. Yeah. I think the last thing with branding is like just always have it in your mind how you want to portray your business. And your business is yourself, your content, everything, all the stuff we spoke about. But it's like if you want to, if you want 
if you're focusing on branding, if branding is important to you, and it should be, it's like every single action that you take, you should be consciously aware of the ramifications of it, the message it sends, what people think of you, or what your client, what your clients think of you generally, um, and and your prospects as well. Because how you portray yourself, whether it's speaking, writing, even just you know what you do in between sets with your clients at the gym, it's like somebody is formulating an opinion of you at every time of the day. And it can be positive, like, oh, obviously we hope it is, but it's going to be negative. There's going to be negatives too, but it's like you're in control of the spectrum of that negative. It's like, is someone saying that, you know, you're, you're, you're lazy and you don't actually pay attention to your clients and you always come to, you know, the gym, you're looking like you just got out of bed. Like that's a negative. Or it's like, I don't really like the way he trains people. And it's like, okay, cool. Well, then you're not the client for them. So make sure you're aware of that when it comes to branding. Super, super, super important. Awesome. That was a good think, chat. I don't think there's much more to add on that. No. If you guys, if you guys can do all that, like I expect you guys to see the same growth that we did when we started implementing it all. Yeah. With purpose. Yeah, you did a really good job, mate. You brought it. You, Thank you, you. together. Coffee saved the day became human again <laughs> i can tell in your face like at the stars like oh you're a shell of a person <laughs> but then i actually remember which is probably not going to last much longer yeah yeah I'll, I'll get a treatment this afternoon that'll be me done for the daily <laughs> and for people who are who want to improve in this area who want to improve in other areas of their business but don't really know where to start what do you think is the best call for them to do yeah, so this will come out Friday and Standout PT round three starts the Monday, so the 12th. Um, so if I were you, I'd be shooting a DM to at stcfit underscore learning ASAP uh, and then going to stcfitlearning.com forward slash standout and sussing out the program. It gives you a full rundown of exactly what we cover, what's included, the curriculum, what the three problems that we identify and what, how we solve them, and then what you can expect at the end. Yep. Um, that would be exactly what I would be doing right now. And I wish that you and I had that in our first six months, three years, five yeah. years, eight years. Five, five <laughs> years at minimum, because there's a lot of time wasted before that. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, so the feedback from the, obviously we've done two rounds now. Um, we've had people go through it twice and the outcomes that we've seen at this point have just been that they've exceeded the expectations that both Jason and I have had. Yeah. yeah I think <coughs> the most valuable thing is the resources and the doing component. So it's not just information guys, like you guys have actual activities, resources, things to draw back off to, you know, implement into your business on a weekly basis. So you have frameworks there of all of these five pillars that you can take for the rest of your days which is like how you should be running your business anyway. So yeah, so jump over there, submit an application because we start next week and you won't regret it. Yep. Awesome guys. So take a screenshot of this one for us as well. Yep. Put it up on Insta. So at STC fit underscore learning at Jason Glear underscore STC fit at Ben Scott STC. Uh, so we can share this one around. I think it's pretty valuable. A lot of people want to get into this space, but don't know how. So I think it's a, it's a good one for people to jump onto. As we mentioned, YouTube, we're putting out a video a week out there at the moment. Uh, they're about 10 minutes. 
all very to the point, very specific in, in the stuff that we, inside our message. So jump over there as well, subscribe, give us some feedback. We'd love to know what you guys think of the YouTube videos, what else you'd like to see on there yeah. um, and how we can develop that to make it the best for the, for the user, for you guys. Awesome. Right. And we'll be back in a fortnight in case you've forgotten. Um, Jason and I are also featuring over at STC Fits podcast now as well. So Nat's running the show and we go over and be co-hosts, which is fun and actually talk about getting results, actually training. So we're talking to yeah, yeah, lifters with physique and strength goals, which is, it's been fun. So yeah, if you want to check that one out, jump over as well. That's it. Thanks guys. See you next time. Bye.